Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. everyone thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode whether you are watching on youtube like all the cool people or listening in on my podcast well if you're in your if you're on youtube well you already are ahead of everyone on the podcast because you can see that i am not alone i do in fact have someone who is willing to speak to me and um yes i know it's a big shock to everyone it's it's a big of a shock to me that there are people interested in having conversations with me don't don't say that in the comments guys though i'm very fragile um (laughs) but yes i have a fantastic guest with me today and that is the form of the brilliant no magnetic isn't a word oh my god Fran you are a writer you should know words I'll just go with amazing don't try big words you've learned this before Fran (laughs) (laughs) the fantastic the amazing Katie Zhao thank you so much for coming to speak with me I truly truly appreciate it even with that terrible intro on my part Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. And I mean, you said it was terrible, but like um, someone just made up a word just to describe me. So honestly, that's a huge honor. Um, yeah, right, I'll I'm take really it. excited to speak with you. All right, brilliant. Um, so tell everyone who you are, what you've written, all that good stuff. Yeah, so I'm Katie Zhao. I'm an author. I primarily write middle grade and some young adult. Um, I have a little bit of adult work, but nothing that's been published yet, just stuff that I'm working on. Um, But yeah, for the purposes of this discussion, I write mostly middle grade and young adult. I debuted in 2019 with the Dragon Warrior series, which is a Chinese inspired fantasy with Chinese mythology. That's like Percy Jackson, um, but with Chinese characters. Um, And I have a young adult thriller coming out this year in August called How We Fall Apart. That's like one of us is lying meets crazy rich Asians. Um, again, all Asian cast, and um, it's at, at this elite prep school in Manhattan, um, and it follows these four Asian students who discover um, that their ex-best friend is found dead, and then they become the ones who are the prime suspects in the book. Um, so that, that'll be my uh, young adult debut in this year, and then I also have another middle grade um, coming out later, uh, a mo- about a month after that in September, Um, And it's a middle grade sci-fi adventure that's sort of based off of Fortnite, um, but also combines different video games I love, like Pokemon or Zelda. Um, And it's called Last Gamer Standing, and it comes out from Scholastic in September. So that's a little bit about me. So basically, she's nonstop working. She's amazing, (laughs) covers every kind of genre. And if you aren't already reading her books, who are you? Really? (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) And I'm ashamed. (laughs) I'm ashamed (laughs) of any listener or watcher who hasn't at least read one. (laughs) 
it's a great time everyone's at home read one of Gaty's books I can't send you books because I don't have money but I, I will I don't know I don't know where I was going with <laughs> this is <basically laughs> just telling people to read <laughs> yeah, yeah honestly like... yeah I feel like word of mouth is like a driver to sales so like even if you don't have money to buy the books if you just like support them like say this looks really cool people should read it and <laughs> that'll probably indirectly help me in some way so yeah exactly <laughs> you heard her guys <laughs> either read the books share it just do something that's helpful we are creatives we're lucky to be creatives this world is hard and like katie's so doing hard. it i'm so proud oh. <laughs> just it's amazing um and yeah so that's what um we are here to talk about is your work the incredible stuff that you've done with it and the fact that every time like the amount of times you've called me out on tiktok for the fact that i am not writing (laughs) i both appreciate (laughs) i appreciate it and at the same time i feel the need to be spiteful be like no you've told me to write i shan't write today how dare you (laughs) I mean, I feel like I'm doing myself a favor too, because when I make those TikToks and I'm like, man, I need to write too. Like, I can't give out advice and not follow it. So yeah, I'll usually like post it and be like, okay, time to go write like a paragraph at least. So the the self guilt of the situation, like, yeah, yeah, I should probably do it too. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, But in terms of what you mentioned at the start of that, you made your debut with your the Dragomora series in 2019 mm-hmm. um obviously like you've got so much coming out like it's phenomenal firstly like how how do you have the time I am impressed <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> it's a lot I it's just amazing amazing like I say that I'm very productive but I'm just seeing like all the stuff that you've got coming out in the coming years I'm like am I really productive I don't think I am like I need to be on Katie's level here like <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I I feel like every writer, it's hard because social media sort of invites like this comparison game um, Mm. and like, and writers love talking about our process and what we've gotten to work. So usually we'll end up like saying on social media, you know, I have two books coming out this year or I have one book coming out this year. And then like, like even, even I look at like Nora Roberts, for example, and I'm like, how does she, how does this woman do this? She comes out with like four (laughs) books a year. It's wild. Wow. Um, so I think it really looks different for every writer. Um, for mm-hmm. me, I, I have sort of understood my process as like basically just writing a ton um, in one time. And then I'll need like months at a time to take a break, um, mm-hmm. sometimes even years. And then I'll like write a ton again. Um, I've been writing a lot uh, in 2020, especially just because, I mean, there's nothing else to do really. <laughs> yeah. And then writing became my full-time thing. So I just like wrote all the time, but I'm actually in like this spot right now where I can't, I feel like I can't write anything new. So I've just been like working on revisions for the current books I'm under deadline for um, Mm. because like I wrote so much last year that I'm like, okay, now I need to just like rest and refill the creative well. Um, But usually like I am pretty disciplined, I would say Um, when I, when I know that I should be writing, I will like go (laughs) write for you know, however long it takes for me to finish something. Um, Mm. And I think what I really love about the writing process is just that feeling I get when I'm really, really in the zone and like nothing else besides this book matters. Um, I'll just write it like until I'm 
like I, until I feel like okay I've done this scene justice and I can go take a break now and I genuinely forget that all the distractions like TikTok, Netflix, everything I genuinely forget that all that exists um so I think that's how I'm able to like produce at the rate that I do but mm. honestly who knows if I'll be able to keep up with this in the future <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh that, that's amazing it's all like a tunnel vision sort of thing it sounds like when you're yeah working something yeah um well, that's really interesting and especially considering like the journey that you've had since um being signed like having one of your first books I can't remember the, there's a specific term for it and I can't remember what it is it's um but someone's pitched up sort of when they've bought the being on submission submission that's it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was like oh no there's an actual phrase Fran (laughs) what is it um but since all of that like can you sort of tell us our uh, tell us our journey tell us your journey not our stop trying to be other people Fran (laughs) you tell us um your journey to being signed as an author and just in general like how your first book was picked up and sold yeah sure so I mean I kind of have to start at like the beginning I feel like um so I've always loved writing like since I was a kid basically Mm. and I always knew I wanted to be an author and I didn't get really really serious about it until like I want to say in high school um I discovered the website figment which I don't think exists anymore but I used to like upload short stories to that website and that was the first time I connected with other writers who would give me Mm. feedback on my work Um, I wrote on Wattpad for a little bit and then at the end of my senior year of high school I binge wrote this book um, that became the first book I ever wrote with a Chinese protagonist. Mm. Um, It was a contemporary book and it didn't end up going anywhere but that was the first book where I was like oh I feel like I really really would love to see this one on shelves because everything I'd written before was just like practice I want to say I was just like having fun and discovering how to write a novel but none of none of my writing at that point um had I felt was actually like quality enough to be published um so I tried to get this one published I started querying agents um before I didn't even like know anything about querying um but I I I googled everything online um my family doesn't have any kind of literary background so I was really just on my own for all this Mm. um And my querying journey, it took me like three years, but only because like, I really only sent out queries for like a couple of months um, after senior year. And then I just got really busy with college. And I I did still like try to query a little bit here and there, but I honestly just really wanted a break from writing. And I was like, I don't think this is going to happen for me. Um, It was really sad, but at the same time, like I was looking forward to just college life and you know, having new experiences, which I'm really, really grateful for, because I think for writers, we're able to write stories because of the experiences that we've had. So um, I'm always grateful for chances to just live life. So that's Mm. what I did. I lived life for like three years. um, And then I graduated with an English degree. And then I actually did a one year master's of accounting. um, And that was something that my parents wanted me to do, because they were so worried that because I graduated, graduated with an English degree, like, what, what kind of job was I going to get and honestly I didn't even know so I was like I guess I'll do this one year master's of accounting I did the program and while I was in it I was like this is really not for me like <laughs> like I, I don't know exactly what I want for myself yet but it's definitely not this and it kind of like kicked me into high gear because like I've been kind of lax on writing like I basically hadn't written for three years in college um, and that was the year where I was like okay if I want to be an author 
which I do, like, it's still my ultimate dream. I got to get serious about it now because I'm never going to have as much time as I do in school. Um, Mm. I knew I was only going to get busier and I knew that I was going to, well, I actually did get um, a job offer with uh, an accounting firm pretty early on in the year. And I knew that once I started working with that job, it was going to get exponentially harder to write and to Mm. like pursue what I really wanted to do. So I started writing again. I wrote a thriller that didn't go anywhere, but I did try querying that one. Um, Got more bites than I did before, but ultimately it didn't pan out. And Mm. then I drafted The Dragon Warrior during NaNoWriMo uh, 2017. Mm. Um, And I, while the first and actually the second draft too, like I had to totally trash them and start over. that I, I felt like that was the book that really made me understand how to revise and how to mm. write something good because I'd never totally overhauled my books and revisions the way I did with the Dragon Warrior before. So um, yeah, I kept going with that book. Like, I don't know what it was. I think like, I just knew, like, I just knew that this was the book that was gonna go somewhere. Um, there was mm. something so special about this book. And um, I mean, evidently the publishing industry agreed because after a lot of revisions and Um, learning to work with critique partners I Mm. started querying the dragon warrior in early 2018 um, and it was like within two weeks I'd gotten tons of full requests Um, basically almost every agent I queried um, full requested but at this point I also knew which agents would be interested in this book specifically because I was better about researching agents and um, checking their Twitter is to see like what they were talking about Um, so I only pitched agents and only a small amount who I thought like would actually be interested um Mm. and penny moore my current agent was the first one to email back and um, ask for a full and then the next day she was like i'd like to hop on a call with you um and we ended up having the call and she offered at the end of it and uh honestly the rest is history because um i felt such a strong connection with penny during our Mm. conversation that um even though i gave other agents two weeks to respond to me initially I ended up withdrawing from them um, afterward, after I told them I already had an offer. Um, and it wasn't like, I know like the advice is pretty common for writers to consider all the potential or offering agents before making a decision. Mm. But for me, I, I just know my personality. I know I'm very indecisive and I know I hate saying no to anybody. So that combination isn't good for potentially being in like a multiple offer situation. Um, and even though I highly respect all the agents who had my full manuscript, um I was like well I thought about it and I was like uh people talk about how you need an agent who will look at the longevity of your career you need somebody who really really understands what you're doing with all of your work not just one book and Mm. Penny and I talked about how important it is to have representation in publishing and specifically for Asian kids because we're both Asian um and so we we bonded really well on that call and I was like Mm. well I already have an offer from this amazing um, Asian agent. And like, I I really, really just want an industry professional by my side who understands what it is like to be a woman of color and what kinds Mm -hmm. of stories I want to tell. So I signed with Penny um, and she, we revised the book for, uh, I want to say like a month or maybe a little less than that. I can't remember anymore. Um, (laughs) But either way, it was a very quick like revision process. And then, we ended up selling uh, to Bloomsbury. We went to auction, actually. Um, I want to say, like, maybe a couple of weeks after we finished revisions, um, we accepted Bloomsbury's offer. And 
yeah, the then the Dragon Warrior came out in 2019, and the sequel came out last year. And since then, um, Penny and I we're we're both like workaholics, <laughs> so we really are like the perfect pair. Um, and we just we managed to sell more books after that. So yeah, that's sort of the journey that I've been on so far. <laughs> Gosh, that's amazing. And the fact that you kind of kept going with it as well, and like you knew what it is that you wanted to do and kind of did that research and kind of searched for the person as well, in terms of an agent as well, who was right for you. Like I completely get that. Like I, I haven't been looking for um, agents myself, but I understand completely that you want to have that relationship where you know it's going to be mutually beneficial. You know, they're going to stand up for you. You know, they're going to support you. And the fact that you were able to find someone that like immediately like, yeah, no, we've clicked I've got you no done sorted friendship friends for life sort of situation it it sounds like that that's really good to hear because I know that obviously at the moment as well currently in the industry there have been discussions of unfortunately Mm -hmm. agents um being assholes um and uh, (laughs) and unfortunately treating people um yeah Yeah. um, being um but unkind to authors and unkind to other people as well. Um, so to know that your journey with that has been so positive and that the relationship has been beneficial to both of you and that there is that, that relationship there is, is really good to hear, especially from someone sort of on the outside of the traditional um, publishing sort of sphere. So that's, that's great to know. And especially with all the things that you've now currently got going out as well um, and all the different genres that they're in also like um so dragon warrior series is sort of a fantasy middle grade mm-hmm. uh, how we fall apart is young adult thriller uh last game is standing is sort of science fiction it's class of science fiction is now yeah okay yeah <laughs> i just want to double check i was like am i saying this and it's wrong I, no uh... no yeah. <laughs> okay so so science fiction middle grade and so like <laughs> all these different age ranges all these different genres that's just amazing just in general but what is it like do you find it more interesting to kind of work in different genres and different age ranges for for kind of like really exercising your like your creative muscles sort of thing yeah so I I really I'm I've never been the type of reader who only reads fantasy or only reads like sci-fi like I love hopping around genres Mm. Um, I'm more I'm really like a mood reader like some days I'm really in the mood for like grimdark fantasy and then like a week later I like the last thing I want to read is grimdark and I really want to read like a lighthearted rom-com um, and mm. so that's like really reflected in my writing because I feel like as as writers we're very very influenced by the books that we read um, mm. and you know I've always just been a voracious reader I love different books and different genres um and I, I also just really want to write like representation in like multiple genres because for me growing up, I I hardly saw any representation in any any genre. So this is sort of like my way of also just like reclaiming the representation that I never had when I was a kid. Mm. No, I completely hear you. As um as a queer writer myself, I completely mm-hmm. get that. Like, I think um because we're obviously both on on TikTok and <laughs> TikTok, yes, it's we addictive, are. <laughs> but it's uh, <laughs> at the same time it's like it's some like a place to kind of get out like your creative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And there's a big thing that I've always said, and from your mentioning about the fact that you want to have this representation in all genres, um, it's something I very much like feel as well in terms of having that queer representation in books like everything is that I tell this to everyone that I meet when people ask like oh 
does it have like why are you writing some of these gay characters all the time i'm like well i am gay i want to write gay characters why does everyone need to be straight go away <laughs> with those questions yeah. like <laughs> um so it's it's really interesting i'm glad that also that you've you've gotten this opportunity to to do that it sucks that, that the representation wasn't there before i completely hear you with that but i'm so glad that you yourself now are able to do that so the next generation are going to have that representation themselves and um definitely great also for that creative muscle moving around uh is there just based on that is there a sort of genre that you want to write for in future that you haven't yet yeah that's a great question I mean I have been working on a little bit adult I hinted at that earlier mm. so I've had like this fantasy in the works for like um, I want to say like two maybe three years now I can't remember and mm. it's required so much like rewriting and rewriting I just overhauled the entire thing again um, during nano of last year mm. um, which was only like a few months ago but wow time is weird <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I I've just sort of been sitting on it ever since because I I still feel like it's not quite where I want it to be but mm. yeah I would really love to have an adult fantasy debut um hopefully within you know a few years but however long this book takes it'll just take me that long but I've worked on it for so long now that I'm like it's gonna happen I just don't know when but we're gonna keep going at it because I've wasted too much time on this to not <laughs> have it be published one day <laughs> oh I completely hear you on that it's like that thing is like it's taking a long time but I like it it's, you're sort of fighting with it sort of thing it's like it doesn't yeah. want to be finished I'm gonna make it be finished there's, yeah. no, there's no option in this I will fight it to the very end and make sure that it's out there <laughs> the love-hate relationship of writing like it hates me oh I gosh. hate it keep going. <laughs> I love it oh. <laughs> um but in terms of that especially with like the I know I think you posted um it was either recently on Twitter or I, I know there was a blog that you shared some some time ago to do with uh, rejection in particular, which is obviously oh. something that's very mm -hmm. sucks in terms of the writing industry because no one ever wants to uh, receive a rejection for something that they've worked on and are passionate about. But um, I remember reading it and it was, it was a really impactful post and like story about one of uh, these ideas that you had that was something that you were really passionate about and other people had been as well, but no one was just, in, interested unfortunately in picking it up um and just the fact that rejection can happen at any time and to anyone and but no matter how many times something can get rejected to never give up on writing and what you want to pursue um so would you if you're um comfortable to do so um share some of your experiences with rejection and how you deal um, with the rejections that you receive as well as maybe any advice that you have for anyone who may receive any in future yeah so um, that specific rejection was for another young adult that I wrote before how we fall apart mm. um, and it was about a Chinese American figure skating champion who um, competes in the Beijing Winter Olympics but it, it was more of like a well it was a combination of like what I love about sports stories, specifically mm. sports anime, um, you know, and in a really cool Olympic setting. Um, and I also grew up figure skating. So there was a lot of like mm. my own experiences in that. Um, and I also wanted to explore what it would be like for her to be Chinese American, but competing for the US in Beijing, like that sort of mm. interesting, like, like 
it's just such like a diaspora story um so I wanted to like really grapple with like what it means to like feel so much nostalgia and love for this home country that you've never even been to really um Mm -hmm. and that you're competing in now but for a different country so yeah I I still like think about that book a lot um Mm -hmm. and like I really really loved writing that book um I really really wanted it to be my young adult debut and we we did get a lot of like really complimentary um uh feedback from editors when we went on submission but um the most common rejection we got from publishers was that sports stories don't sell um Mm. which like I kind of understand because we don't I feel like in young adult like there's not a ton of sports stories um yeah I do see them like selling but they're not like huge hit titles Mm. um and so I could kind of understand where they're coming from but I also kind of felt like it's not just a sports story and I feel like if if publishers only grasped onto like the sports part of it then they totally missed like the identity part of it and like Mm. the real reason why I wrote it was to write this story of Chinese American identity um so for me when it didn't sell it was really heartbreaking um I think I remember like when I wrote that blog post I was like like there were like tears streaming down my face and I was like man I have to write another like young adult if I want to sell one I don't know like if I have it in me but obviously like I was able to do it um Mm. but yeah it's just it's hard for writers because like your work is so personal um well usually and when people like reject it they say like we don't think anyone would buy the story or mm. we don't like the story for whatever reason. It, it kind of feels like a rejection of you, even though it's not. Yeah. Um, but because you poured so much of yourself in that uh, that book, like every rejection like stings like really hard. Um, and even though like I've sold more middle grade and young adults since then, I still get rejected all the time. Like there was this IP thing that um, uh, I the someone reached out to my agent and me um, actually earlier this year, and mm. we even like went so far as to like get on a call and discuss like my potential ideas for the project. I got really close and then ultimately was shot, shot down. So I still get rejected um, mm. all the time. I think it's just something that writers have to like deal with. Um, and especially now, because I, I feel like the, the age of YA authors being able to like have their careers just skyrocket due to one series, we already mm. miss that is what it, what I've sort of witnessed in this industry. Like we haven't had a Veronica Roth or Stephanie Myers or like any like really, really huge name um, where publishers like continue to buy their books and people continue to buy their books, like no matter what, and they can kind of write whatever they want because their career is like so solid. Mm. Um, so it, I've talked to like other young adult authors and they sort of feel the same way. Like publishers are more hesitant to buy projects even from best-selling authors now so it's kind of it's a really rough situation for writers and the way that I deal with rejection is honestly just by like setting myself up for success in the future I try to like get my mind off of it by writing something new which is how I dealt Mm. with my um figure skating book not selling I wrote a thriller and that one sold so um yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's the best way to deal with it. If there's another way to deal with rejection, I don't know of it. <laughs> Besides, like, crying, maybe. Crying Crying is a very uh, cathartic ben and activity. Jerry's. I highly recommend it. <laughs> crying into a tub of Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> that's the way to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Treat it sort of like a breakup situation. Like you get the tears yeah. and all that, that out. Um, and <laughs> oh God, I was about to make a really bad joke. I'm going to make it anyway. Um, <laughs> the uh, That whole saying of like to get over someone, you need to get under someone else. In this case, it's <laughs> <laughs> you got to. <laughs> get under a new book <laughs> yeah gotta, oh god I hate myself for that joke now oh my god but <laughs> sort of it kind of works I'll stick it, okay with it. <laughs> wait it does work though because like if I get like romantic if something romantic doesn't work out like writing is the way that I've always healed myself so you're onto something <laughs> okay <laughs> what I'm hearing is I need to turn this into merchandise <laughs> to get over one story you gotta get under another <laughs> Oh, man. oh my god okay wow i'm embarrassed myself now let's say very quickly <laughs> oh no okay so um just from what you mentioned with your other uh young adult story so obviously that's the one coming out this year which is how we fall apart um and um honestly it's i'm so I, i've pre-ordered it already i'm very very excited oh, thank about you. It. um but there was um a reference that you made to, i'm gonna i keep talking about tiktok there's a reference that you made to it on tiktok of it being a dark academia text that examines like the cost and the fallout of overachievers and competitive environments and it's just it's such a really interesting concept and i'm just intrigued as to what inspired that story in particular and what was it like writing in itself yeah so um actually the inspiration for this book came to me like several years ago um I think it must have been like sometime in high school um well because I was like a very competitive student in high school so I I remember I was just like randomly like just doing something and I thought like what if what if one day I wrote a book about Asian American students who would like murder each other to get the top grades in their class because <laughs> I was I was at the point like in my very like toxic competitive high school mindset where I was like I would do pretty much anything <laughs> to be the only one to get into an Ivy League for my school um I didn't I didn't make it but honestly like I'm, I'm glad I didn't because what I hear from like Ivy League schools is that they're like super toxic too so um yeah I that idea came to me but obviously I didn't have like the skills to execute it until like down the road um mm. but yeah I I really like I so I've always really enjoyed like s- stories that um about teens who do like dark things at school um because I like I grew up like growing up I was I really enjoyed going to school mm. um I think a lot of writers do like we're kind of just like nerds that way um and like the the idea that like students would like commit murder or like other really dastardly deeds at school I don't know there's just something that's just like really uh I don't want to say enticing about it I feel like that's the wrong word but like (laughs) it's like I would never do it but like but like I I mean it's the same reason why a lot of us love grimdark like we just love Mm. like like reading about really dark experiences like we might be really like nice people uh, like not <laughs> not murderers in real life but we enjoy like reading about true crime and everything um so that that's sort of like always kind of what drew me to like the dark academia genre um and then you know I just I mean I noticed that like a lot of these titles like the best-selling ones they're like written by white authors and they center white characters um mm-hmm. and to me I thought that was 
I don't know. It, it didn't reflect my high school experience because I, while I did go to a high school that was still predominantly white, um, like I was, I was, I was part of like the the, I don't know, the really studious crowd, and like most of us were Asian. So I, I thought to myself, like it, it would make a lot more sense if I wanted to write one, like reflecting my experiences, to have like a. Asian main cast at the school and have them be the ones like competing to stay at the top for grades um and I think like there's this like glamorization or romanticization romanticization of the classics in dark academia which I don't think there's anything wrong with that but um Mm. I don't know I feel like I feel like these school environments can get so toxic and um I just really wanted to write a, a book that would pull from like the same dark academia vibes but also talk about like what what is the price or the cost of pushing students like to the extremes um and I think like for Asian students specifically like um the Asian community doesn't really like talk about it or like believe in mental health like that's the mindset that a lot of um traditional Asian families have um and so if you don't like really believe in mental health plus like you're you're pushing your kids to the max to get like these top grades like what's what's gonna ensue it's gonna be like maybe violence maybe like something really bad um so I I really wanted to just like capture like this really toxic competitive mindset and like put it in these students and just (laughs) just (laughs) have them do bad things we'll put it that way (laughs) Uh-huh. I, I totally get you in terms of like like the whole reading and like writing things that are like very dark and enjoying it but then at the same time being like I feel like I shouldn't like this is this is bad stuff but I'm enjoying writing and experience it's like um have you ever watched Murder She Wrote by any chance or heard no, of heaven. Oh, okay so I'm one of those people like I love like the murder mystery sort of shows but like particularly mm-hmm. the ones where for some reason it's always one character and in this case it was um an author ironically as well like a murder mystery author who wherever she goes there'll be a murder and she like <laughs> investigates and like <laughs> uncovers the truth behind it all but I was like obsessed with this show and concepts like it mainly because I used to come up with this idea that Jessica who is the name of the character was actually the one committing the crimes but she found a way to make oh. it look like like these other people had did it and somehow like tricked them into believing they had so like even with that I was just wow. kind of getting, I was making it darker than it was it was like a really light-hearted murder I don't know how a murder mystery can be light-hearted but somehow it was kind of light-hearted sort of murder mystery comedy sort of thing but I made it darker because just apparently murder makes me think of things. And <laughs> but like, I've, I feel like I've made. So if the if the FBI or MI five are like watching or listening, I swear I have not committed any crimes of any kind. I um, I, <laughs> I feel like they would arrest me if anything because I wrote a murder mystery. <laughs> The whole thing, as as authors, our browser history is very, very questionable. <laughs> We're probably yeah. on a list somewhere, and that's all I'm yeah, thinking. <laughs> for sure. No, but I think there is something to, like, just, I don't know, I've noticed that it tends to be, like, the nicest, like, most innocent, like, just 
the most kind-hearted people I know who are like super into grimdark and like love writing it love reading it mm-hmm. um I just I don't know I I think there's something to that because if because I think like people who are normally like um you know follow the rules and everything and like try to do their best and like normal normal life I don't know just like in their (laughs) daily life like they when they escape into fiction like maybe they're looking for something totally different than their life Mm. and like just go to the extreme end I don't know that's just my theory (laughs) no I I completely agree it's like um admittedly this maybe just because I'm gay I'm really interested in all the female villains in like any story like I'm obsessed with them it's half because I am gay and half because I'm like like no I was gonna say it's because if they stepped to me I'd say thank you but that's still very gay but um <laughs> but that's sort of thing like the fascination with these sort of things it's something that's cultivated through writing but also kind of like just escaping into it because you're like yeah I know this this would never happen but I quite like the sound of it so I'm just going to keep on yeah reading. <laughs> um but I like that especially the concept it's like I just like the idea of this competitive world just turning into murder um <laughs> I like the sound of, and I'm very very excited to read it um thank I, you I can't wait um it's very exciting um and it sounds very cool so hopefully for anyone who's listened go pre-order it it is available <laughs> to pre-order everywhere it's available I think on all platforms so go do so I will link things in the description and episode show notes um <laughs> um but just to move on before I continue to embarrass myself um <laughs> So, um, and to slightly go into, I guess, a, a bit more of a serious like topic. So um, through your social media and no, it's just social media. I don't know where else I was going with that. Oh my <laughs> God. Um, there's, especially within, the, I suppose, the publishing community, especially for marginalized authors and um, people of color, women, and all the people who don't really have as much of a chance within the publishing industry. There have been more discussions, and I know you've been part of the discussions as well, of how publishing has been, there's very much like a a performative publishing that's been going on of people who are from non-white, non-male, cis, het backgrounds who are being hired seemingly just so the publisher can kind of get some more credit and then they're not supported and they're not given enough help or anything like that from the industry which is unfortunate but does sadly continue as we have seen with the whole agent drama that's been happening recently um and there's currently obviously the discussion going on at the moment of how the industry is in need of changing to how bring in more writers who are not from the quote-unquote norm that publishers are usually hiring and bringing in and whose stories may not fit into, again, the quote-unquote publishing standard. Um, For authors who don't fit into that or who are marginalised themselves, what sort of advice would you recommend for people who are trying to get into that industry who are concerned that they may face the same hurdles, unfortunately, lots of other people have Mm -hmm. faced in the past? Oh, honestly, um, I still encourage like any young marginalized authors to or writers to um, keep writing and keep dreaming to break into the publishing industry. But I would also encourage them to be very realistic, um, to do their research and like follow agents and editors on Twitter or any social media platform, see what they're talking about, just to know what you're getting yourself into. Um, Because when I got into the industry, I sort of knew like what was going on because I had already like gotten a Twitter and everything so I could see like 
agents talking about, you know, racism in the industry or whatever. Um, but I, I feel like I didn't fully know until I was in it myself and like mm. getting book deals and publishing that it was like, oh, wow, this industry just loves to stack the odds against marginalized authors. Mm. Um, but at the same time, like it, it's it's like it's hard because like with the reason why we're calling out like racist actions and everything is so hopefully we can see improvement. Um, but I've also seen publishing professionals who are marginalized who just burn out and then leave because they're like, I can't deal with this anymore. Um, mm. But if we all like leave, um, you know, then there will be nobody, like, there, there will really be no change because nobody will be like talking about it anymore. Yeah. So I would, yeah, I would just like, in, I would encourage writers who haven't been discouraged yet to keep going because your voice is really important and we need you. Um, but also like if it's starting to come at the like severe cost of your mental health, like always put yourself first mm-hmm. and take breaks or leave if you need to, because this is not an industry for the faint hearted. That's for sure. Mm. No, definitely. Um, and it, it is unfortunate that the industry is, is still at that point where people are being dis- discouraged from it or being forced out of it yeah. because they aren't getting the support. They aren't being, kind of recognize the level it's disappointing that it's not everyone speaks up about it like I only found it out because I was expanding um my my reading and my following of more authors um I hadn't been following too many authors in the past I was yeah. like I don't know why I wasn't following authors in the past in my head I was like no well, I'll find them eventually but just forgetting to follow people because that's how you you know keep information is that like you're mm-hmm. following people to get this information but it's so quiet in so many other areas of the industry that unless you're searching out or you're following yeah. like the right people that most like I've spoken about it with some other friends of mine some other writers who had no idea this was currently going on um and it's it's something that needs that wider conversation and hopefully the industry itself will kind of yeah someone hopefully enough people will kick them up the ass um to get yeah to get their shit together in the kindest way possible um to actually recognize the issues within the industry itself and so so I work in publishing uh, admittedly in academic publishing so it's a little bit different but that is something I've I recognize a lot in academic publishing Mm -hmm. as well like there is bias that does sometimes come in there is yeah it's just it's unfortunate that it continues in all walks of life but hopefully with more people speaking out things will will start to change yeah yeah it kind of feels almost like we're in a little bit of a bubble on book twitter Mm. at least um just because like the yeah like you said i if i didn't seek out industry professionals who are marginalized or who care about these issues Mm. and like see what they're talking about i wouldn't know like when i first got involved in on writing twitter i was just like so innocent I was like la 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 I'm just gonna like make friends and like talk about books and whatever um but as I followed like more and more of these like agents and editors I was like wow there's so many industry issues but if you like for example if you're just on book talk I feel like there are multiple sides to book talk but like there are parts of book talk where people do talk about um diversity in their reading selections and I love that but then like I've also seen like the at least like the, the really big book talkers like they read Sarah J Maas Cassandra Clare and like you know the same like two or three white authors and it's like 
I think, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with reading them. Um, like, read what you love, but why aren't you branching out and, like, mm. supporting marginalized authors? And I think the problem is, like, they're not seeking it out. Like, they just genuinely, like, don't even see these discussions because, mm. unfortunately, like, there's still, like, so few marginalized authors. Um, but, yeah, as you said, like, hopefully the situation will just keep improving because we have come a long way in, like, the past mm. five years. Like, I remember... Um, when I was in college or late high school, like I would like try to find books with Asian characters or characters of color, and I would just not find any. Like mm. I, I couldn't, I really couldn't find any, barely. Um, but now, like I can point to like whole reading lists uh, with marginalized authors. Um, so yeah, hopefully in like five, ten years, we'll see a lot more change. Mm, no, definitely, and um, hopefully that is that that's something that um people who are listening as well can help bring attention to and um by buying all of katie's books we can just help show the industry that (laughs) (laughs) that um people who are writing different stories who are people of color who are women of color people who aren't considered the norm in the industry i hate calling it the norm because it's not I hate the term in general but unfortunately it's the term you end up having to use because that's how the industry thinks of things but hopefully by supporting and showing a voice and sharing and just getting the word out things will change um, in the coming years and hopefully even those just reading will be a big part of doing that so yes like I said buy all of Katie's books um, check out the lists on I think there's a list on Goodreads. I don't always trust Goodreads, admittedly, but there's lists on where to help diversify your reading lists in general. Find people just share share the word, spread the word. Or maybe I shouldn't use spread because COVID. But um, oh, <laughs> that oh, word God. is cancelled now. <laughs> <laughs> we can never use that word again. Um, oh, man. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so hopefully things will change. But just in terms of writing to hopefully end on a little bit of a happier note, I brought the, the mood down when it went very low. But, but uh, hopefully to end on a happier note, um, if there was one piece of writing advice that you could offer to the audience here, and if, for example, advice that you could offer to your past self as well, what would it be and why? Um, yeah, I, I would just say don't be afraid to really tear up your work. Um, that was something that I did not understand for a very long time. Because like, as I said before, I wrote short stories on Figment, I wrote novels on Wattpad. Um, but none of those stories like, like, I, I would edit them. And by that, I mean, like, I would do line level edits, like I would clean up the grammar. Um, but none of it was like, looking at the book and um like seeing all the problems with it Mm. um and like just like tearing it up and I I will also say like as part of this advice um look for critique partners uh which are fellow writers who will like read your book and tell you what's wrong with it basically um because my writing really really improved when I connect with other writers um who are also now published authors who like were able to see like all the issues in my writing that I couldn't see because I was too close to it and told me like you need to like basically overhaul this whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, I just don't be afraid to um, totally overhaul your draft because like it might be painful in the moment. I know it's so painful to draw <laughs> everything um, that you've just written, but in the long run, it'll make your writing so much better. 
All right, brilliant. Um, and I suppose just to end this off, can you let everyone know where they can find you uh, when How We Fall Apart is coming out and all that good stuff. And obviously I will make sure it's all linked in the description box afterwards as well. Yeah, so I'm like on all the social media because I have no life. I'm <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and Clubhouse at KT Zhao Author. So K-T-Z-H-A-O, then author. Um, so you can find me there. My website is www.katiezhao.com and How We Fall Apart comes out August 3rd. So you can pre-order or when it becomes available in libraries, you can re request a copy at your libraries. That also counts as support. Um, I will be announcing a pre-order campaign in less than two months. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, please keep an eye out for that. And Last Gamer Standing comes out September 21st. I think that's everything <laughs> <laughs> all right fabulous and guys that will all be linked in the episode show notes or in the description box if you are here on youtube um as i said be sure to go support katie her work is absolutely phenomenal i've been working my way through the dragon warrior series at the moment i'm very excited for how we fall Aww. apart and all the stories that i know are currently out with the titles at the moment <laughs> they're all on my want to read list at the moment on search um i'm very excited and i hope this at least makes some headway into more people buying your series and supporting you as an author and the future of your writing Thank you. It was so great chatting with you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been great. So thank you so much. Um, and to everyone watching and listening, um, I will see you guys next time. Um, links in the episode description.